Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Richmond's Morning News, News Radio WRVA. Good morning. Gary Hess in for John Reed on this Thursday, January the 11th. We have reached the 8 o'clock hour where later on we'll be talking to Michael Greer from Greer Financial to get the latest going on in the markets. And former Virginia Governor Jim Gilmore, also former European ambassador, will get some insight into what's going on in Israel uh, and what's going on in Ukraine. And, of course, what's going on here in Virginia with the start of the General Assembly session as well. But, of course, the other big uh, thing going on is the count. You know, it seems like the campaign's been going on for for years but the voting actually begins on Monday with the Iowa caucus. And to talk about the campaign and to talk about the caucus, we're bringing in the national politics reporter from the Epoch Times, uh, Nathan Wooster. And uh, Nathan, thanks for being with us. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, doing great, Gary. Yeah, you actually caught me on the road here in Iowa, headed to Cedar Rapids. So I am oh. as immersed as you can be. Yeah, you are immersed indeed. So coming out of the dueling events last night, the debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and the town hall with former President Trump, one on CNN, one on Fox News, what uh, what is the tenor of how things stand going into Monday? Well, I should just add that there was another event, uh, very much a new media event, Vivek Ramaswamy talking to Tim Poole. And those events, I think, kind of capture the facts on the ground. Uh, Ramaswamy is a very interesting candidate. You know, you you look at the polling, you look at his financials, which are not necessarily great. But then again, he's a self-funded candidate. He's going for non-traditional voters. Um, so the Tim Pool choice uh, with the slight from the debate, it's uh, exactly what you would expect. He might get millions of people. Is that going to translate into caucus goers? Who knows? On the other hand, you have DeSantis. And Haley squaring off, they're basically jostling each other for that second-place finish in Iowa. And this is a lot more important for DeSantis than for Haley because of this perception, rightly or wrongly, that DeSantis's campaign is flagging. You had those leadership shakeups that never backed down the big DeSantis pack. Uh, Haley is on pace, based on the polling, to finish second, maybe even first in New Hampshire. And to perform well in South Carolina, DeSantis really, really needs this. And then, of course, you have Trump doing his CNN town hall, you know, this was an opportunity for him to take questions from voters. A lot of them were obviously already Trump fans. You know, what what really stood out to me, having been at a previous town hall, the DeSantis town hall, was at the very end of this, Trump just got up and he was signing hats for people, which really kind of says, says a lot about the state of the race. Trump can take questions or not take questions, and he has this incredibly devoted base that is almost certainly going to deliver Iowa to him still looks like he's going to be delivered the delegates he needs for the nomination. On the other hand, as we are seeing with all of the uh, criminal and uh, civil cases he's facing, you know, most recently the uh, argument from his lawyers uh, about uh, his immunity and the extent to which it could uh, protect him. Things are very unusual in this election, so hard to really say exactly what's going to happen. 
there's been so much polling and so much talk. How you know, how, how nice is it going to be to come out of Monday with actual numbers? Hey, here are some voting results. Uh, and will is there any chance that will change the dynamic of what we're seeing? I think it could. And but one thing I do want to stress here is that Iowa is a caucus as opposed to a primary. And, you know, primaries, it's basically like any other general election. You go into a booth, you cast your secret ballot. A caucus is reliant upon the extent to which campaigns have an organizational advantage. You have to actually have people willing to go out there in the cold. And it's going to be extraordinarily cold. It's going to be down in some places at least as low as negative 5 degrees Fahrenheit around the time in the evening on the 15th when people are caucusing. So it, that's, a, that's a way in which it will be interesting for me to see how the ground game that uh, DeSantis and his surrogates have been talking up. Uh, Chip Roy, who's been here touring for DeSantis in Iowa, told me that he has at least 1,600 precinct captains, you know, lots of people who, who are really big fans of DeSantis and have been for a long time. Um, how does that translate into votes? Is that going to allow him to get the bump that he at this point absolutely needs, or is he going to underperform? Um, that's That's really what I'm tracking. I, I think that's uh, the most interesting thing here, and of course, Ramaswamy, I've been following him for a while, very, very interesting message, and I think it's possible that, as he says, the polls are um, underestimating him here in Iowa. You do run into a lot of uh, Ramaswamy fans, on the other hand, a lot of them tend to be people who would otherwise caucus for Trump, and so Ramaswamy might be a strong second choice. Obviously, uh, it's it's going to be fascinating. And you mentioned the weather, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. It's going to be pretty brutal on Monday in Iowa. How much of a factor do you think that will play? I think it will be important. Um, I, I mean, let's say for one thing, Iowa, pretty much anywhere in the Midwest, people are used to bad weather, but still, this is going to be extraordinarily cold. I think that, um, you know, as one of my colleagues, uh, Janice Heil, was telling me, you can expect the elderly, maybe people who have uh, medical conditions, to to not necessarily brave it. I think also you're going to have voters who are just less interested, um, not willing to to take the time to come out there. So, you know, I wonder if that might include some of the uh, would-be independent or Democratic voters who can potentially go in and register the same day and uh, cast a caucus ballot, you know, because uh, it, it just might not feel like it's worth it to take all that trouble to try to tilt the uh, tilt the game in favor of or against a particular candidate that's not even of your uh, uh, party or ideological affiliation. But, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, this is not exactly uh, brutal weather hitting Virginia or South Carolina or something. Iowans are pretty hardy. We're talking to Nathan Wooster from the Epoch Times, who is the national political reporter, about the Iowa caucus. Uh, let me ask you this. The uh, Obviously, Former President Trump sounds like uh, was in large part preaching to the choir last night uh, in person. What about the debate between Haley and DeSantis? Did any did either one of them help themselves or hurt themselves in last night's event? Well, it's interesting. You know, I've been following DeSantis and Haley and those debates. I've covered just about every single one. Every single time I notice um, that the polls at least seem to suggest that Haley is benefiting. You don't see a lot of bounces for DeSantis for Ramaswamy. And every time I kind of wonder, well, when are people going to really go hard on Haley? Because she seems like the ascendant force, judging by this. Now, I, I would say this debate, to me, it seems as though there were a few moments when um, she looked a little shakier. Ron's, you know, competence when it comes to policy, when it comes to 
being able to lay out his vision, I think that shines more strongly when you have a, a narrower set of candidates up there. Um, we'll see if her messaging about Ron being a liar, um, which she, she stuck to that script pretty closely. We'll see if that plays. My intuition is that DeSantis may have been narrowly helped, but big picture, it, you know, you contrast it with what was happening on CNN. What I wrote for our newsletter this morning is that there was a bit of a vibes gap. The vibe on the Trump show was relaxed. The vibe for DeSantis and Haley was not. There's this kind of scramble going on. And I think voters, some of them uh, might look at that and, and feel like they're being you know, fought over for, for a vote. Others might think, well, it seems as though Trump really has this all wrapped up. And now we have this uh, diminishing field of people, including a woman who Chris Christie on a hot mic described as uh, likely to get smoked. Um, it, it just might look to some people like Trump is um, racking up the uh, winds still. Interesting, uh, the comments that were made by uh, Nikki Haley in New Hampshire, is that kind of sticking to her in Ohio a little bit, uh, excuse me, in Iowa a little bit, or has, has that not gained a lot of traction? I think it's it's having an effect, but it's, it's hard to say. That's one that I'm going to be talking to people at uh, – uh, these events I'm going to, there's another Vivek Ramaswamy event that I'm going to. He's campaigning with Candace Owens, which should be interesting. Um, yesterday I was at his uh, event that, again, one thing that makes him interesting is he's touching these local issues that not everybody does. This was his event, this protest against carbon capture pipelines being built, eminent domain being used to hand over this private money to private parties rather than some public good. Um, the people there included uh, Laura Loomer and um, one state representative, a man named uh, Stephen Holt, who actually switched his endorsement to Ramaswamy from Mr. DeSantis. And then you have Ben Carson, who's going to be campaigning at a Team Trump event. Uh, previous Team Trump events involving Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders and Mike Huckabee, uh, well, one event at least, was canceled due to the weather. Now this is a chance to see another Trump surrogate coming in here. Ben Carson, of course, having a pretty... Um, solid halo around him, I think, especially for the more religious, um, often, you know, evangelical voters in Iowa who, who make a difference here and for whom, uh, you know, some of Trump's competitors like Mike Pence, um, who, who were aiming for that, have not been able to uh, make any headway, although DeSantis may be an exception to that. Before we let you go, the uh, talk to me a little bit about what this, what these results actually mean. Obviously, it's the first hard results, it's the first hard numbers, and the first ones always mean something. But just how meaningful are the results coming out of Monday? I think back to the fact that um, on the Democratic side, now President Biden, I believe he finished fourth in Iowa four years ago. Yeah, no, famously in 2016, Trump did not take Iowa. In 2012, I believe it was Rick Santorum who won on the Republican side. And as I was saying, you know, uh, cons- you know, evangelical, more conservative, religious Christian voters, um, they will make a huge difference in Iowa, more so than in New Hampshire. Uh, so it's not the most predictive caucus. Certainly in the past few cycles, it hasn't. I, I don't think it's fair to count 2020. Uh, no offense to President Trump, but, you know, everybody had that locked up. So at a superficial level, it, you know, it's divvying up delegates. It's, it is the first contest that can set the pace. A very bad performance by somebody, you know, Ramaswamy uh, absolutely biting it. would uh, that, that could make a huge difference for his campaign going forward. Really, it's a differentiator, I think, for DeSantis. He really needs a strong performance here. I think, you know, Haley performing very poorly is not going to sink her campaign. 
And then if Trump does anything other than really hit it out of the park, um, I think that will not sink his campaign, but I think that will at least reinforce some of the doubts that uh, um, at least a lot of the never Trump Republicans and Trump skeptics that they've had about his candidacy. Great but stuff. Really? Happen. Yep. Great. It's going to be interesting. Uh, nonetheless, that's guaranteed. Great stuff today. Appreciate your time. Be well. Take care. Absolutely. Thank you, Gary. Glad to be here as always. Thank you. That's national politics reporter from the Epoch Times, Nathan Worcester, on News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.